There's been stories of crooks gaining unauthorized access to things such as baby monitors, uh, watching the home and learning the behaviors and activities, and they can figure out when the home is empty. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast, formerly known as Improv is No Joke, where it's all about believing that strong communication skills are the best way in delivering your technical accounting knowledge and growing your business. An effective way of building stronger communication skills is by embracing the principles of applied improvisation. Your host is Peter Margarita, CPA, a.k.a. The Accidental Accountant, and he will interview financial professionals and business leaders to find their secret in building stronger relationships with their clients, customers, associates, and peers, all the while growing their businesses. So let's start the show. Welcome to Episode 9, and my guest today is Byron Patrick, who is Network Alliance's Managing Director, CPA Practice. He oversees Network Alliance's strategic growth within the accounting and CPA market. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you overwhelmed with trying to stay current with the rapid change in technology? Do you have sleepless nights because you fear that someone will hack into your company? Do you need IT help? If so, then this episode is a must-listen to because we discuss those questions and many more. Now, Byron knows his stuff, and it was evident when the ASCPA asked him to present five sessions. That's right, five sessions at this year's ASCPA Engage Conference. Those sessions were managing a business slash firm in the cloud, latest Internet of Things to get excited about, latest trends and strategies, end-user security awareness, and prepare for cyber attacks across the globe. We will cover a lot of ground during this interview, but if there's something specific that you would like to ask Byron, please email him at bpatrick at networkalliance.com. Before we get to the interview, let me ask you a question. Does this describe you when you're giving a presentation to a client or prospect? Your heart is racing. Your internal critic is working overtime. And all you want to do is have this thing be over even before you start? While you're delivering your message, does your client or prospect look confused, disengaged, or maybe even uninterested? Well, you're experiencing the presentation gap. And my new book, Taking the Numb Out of Numbers, Explaining and Presenting Financial Information with Confidence and Clarity, will help bridge that gap. To learn more about the book, go to takingthenumoutofnumbersbook.com, and it's also available for purchase on Amazon.com. So without further ado, let's get to the interview with Byron Patrick. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Today, I am with my good friend Byron Patrick out of Maryland, former chair of the Maryland Association of CPAs Executive Board. Welcome back, my friend. Good to see you. Ah, thanks so much, Peter. Good to see you and uh, really excited to be on again. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for this conversation because a while back, about mid-June, I had seen you had posted or read somewhere that you were speaking at AICPA Engage Conference and you did five sessions at Engage, which one, your topic must have been very hot. 
and, and very pertinent to the membership. And uh, anything around IT these days, we, we know that it is. But to do five sessions is is utterly a superhero type of performance. <laughs> Well, thanks. It, it was, you know, it, it was a bit of a sprint that should have been a marathon, but uh, it, it, it was great. The, the topics, like you said, were IT, so incredibly uh, popular. And uh, just, uh, you know, I, I was excited for the opportunity that, uh, you know, they, they wanted to hear from me that much in the span of three days. Well, that, that says a lot about you and your business and how well you do it. So what was the overarching problem you were trying to solve for the members or, or teach them how to solve? I would say, it, you know, obviously security is a huge topic, major concern on everybody's front of their face every day. So a lot about IT security and then it, just other IT topics in general, trends that, that are going on. It, it's just, it's such a fire hose of information in today's world. Uh, you don't have time to consume it all. So it, it was a great opportunity to provide relevant detail that was filtered down into things I felt people could you know, take away and value. I think that's being a, a sole entrepreneur, I think that's about one of my biggest challenges is just the IT aspect of the business and making sure that I, I'm backed up, making sure that I'm, I'm safe, my, my information's safe. And it is overwhelming, even for just a, a, a one-man, a one-armed paper hanger here. Uh, absolutely. It's incredibly overwhelming. I, I speak to new opportunities and, and uh, clients all the time that are one, two, three-person shops. And you have the same challenges that a 50 or 100-person shop has with respect to technology and uh, keeping it up to date and making sure all the right pieces are there. So, you know, being able to assist on that so you can really focus on what you do and not worry about uh, backup routines is, uh, is the, you know, where we uh, can bring value to the table. Yeah, I I didn't. I got a new desktop and I forgot to hook up Time Machine on it. And I was working on my book, and all of a sudden we had a power surge, and I I lost my update on my. And I put a lot of work into that day, and I it was, it was completely fried. Couldn't recover from it. I, I lost probably about thirty pages that day. So I learned a lot about that. And yeah, I'm I'm backed up. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably in triplicate at this point. It's, it's actually it's a duplicate, but I, I I could go triplicate on that just because it's just you know I, I sit there and think if I lose my information on my computer, I don't know if I could ever replicate any of this stuff again. No, it's an incredible amount of work to try to recall and and put that all together. I mean, I look like. Just uh, take away the professional side, the personal side. I, I mean, I've got all of my family photos. I've got them on my workstation. I've got them backed up to Amazon Prime. I've got them backed up to Google Photos. And then I have an external hard drive. I mean, <laughs> just, you'll never replicate, you know, memories like that. So right. and I've got to do it. I've got, I've got stuff out on iCloud and I've got stuff on Dropbox. And they're probably the exact same thing, but they're just in two places now. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, what was what was one of the topics? What was the the, the topic that had the biggest crowd in that that that, that you had most of the attendees? You had probably what a couple hundred people in the room. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would say definitely the the end user security session was uh, you know standing room only because that that was focused on the human element of security. You hear so much about firewalls and encryption algorithms and and all that noise that kind of makes everybody's eyes glaze over. Yeah. And my session was focused on what you can do to protect yourself, like not clicking the link, how to recognize uh, threats against you. And as 75% of the data breaches occur because of the human element. So we were discussing, you know, how to try to plug that gap. And the the crooks have gotten uh, craftier these days because a lot of times I'll see something, I'll go, I'm not really sure about this. And I'll send it to my marketing people and they'll go, yeah, th- this is, this is not, this, this is bad because Pete, when did you start speaking on strength and fitness? I went, oh, I guess I don't. Hmm. <laughs> but I, I'm able to at least look and get an idea. But, you know, if somebody clicks something, I've heard horror stories. I bet you got a ton of horror stories and situations like that. Absolutely. And to your point, I mean, the crooks now, honestly, have the skill set to be incredibly employable Uh, on the marketing side. I mean, their their ability to convince us to click, to reply to an email, to allow access, they understand what motivates us as, as human beings. And they're able to leverage that better than most marketing organizations. So it, it's real. So what should the end user be looking for in an email that may look or sound real, but is a threat or, or um, can hold your computer and data hostage? Right. So uh, the first thing is I tell everybody, gut check. If it even remotely, like if you feel like you might need to forward that email to somebody else to to like verify it you probably already know the answer so delete and move on the the gut check is number 1 but number 2 is just anything that is inspiring urgency or fear or panic, I, I can tell you, we do a security test where we send phishing emails to our clients and see who clicks. And, and you know, we're helping teach them what to look for and put the fear of God that they're going to fail the test and get in trouble with the boss, which protects them. But you know, the, the biggest successful fish we did was when the Equifax breach happened. We oh, yeah. sent out fake emails that said, click here to get your credit monitoring. And everybody who had been doing really great passing those tests, they were clicking as quick oh, as possible. Crap. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I did hear that they said that Equifax came out. So if you go to this website <laughs> and you can, but that was, that was a, a, a fraud. Yeah, somehow uh, somebody at Equifax got a hold of a link that was a uh, fake website and they forwarded it via social media to uh, their customers. Yeah, guess who else filled that out and jumped (laughs) that hook? Because it's coming from them. So, but even my computer, even my software, my computer said, "Don't do it." I went, "This is weird." I should I should have known at that point, but I didn't listen, and and yeah, luckily everything's okay. But right, yeah. God. <laughs> so so when you send these fake phishing, 
what what happens when they click on it? Does does your picture show up and go? You shouldn't have clicked. <laughs> so it, it's it's funny actually. There, there's a number of different landing pages we can do. A lot of times, I actually just have the page like fail to load because uh, if if it, it you know has my picture and says you shouldn't have clicked, they quickly email all their buddies and say, oh, oh don't click the email that just came out. So usually it just goes to a four hundred four bad website and. Mm. You know, people just move on, but we we can uh, put a Rick Roll video up there. We we can uh, do a you know, hey buddy, you clicked the link you shouldn't have. Uh, the other benefit is it enrolls them in a short five to ten minute training that they then have to complete because they failed the test. <laughs> that's that's cool. Well, what what other topics did you discuss at this user piece? So we also talked about the Internet of Things and just, you know, basically we're, we're putting IP addresses on toasters and staplers and, and, you know, everything else. And everybody wants to bring them into the office. And, uh, you know, uh, the latest trends going on there and what you should be looking for, especially as you want to introduce this stuff into your office. So what should I be looking for? Well, uh, one of the big challenges, again, it's going to be security, is uh, all of these vendors are putting IP addresses on all types of analog devices, things that were never smart, never intelligent. And they're not doing it with a lot of forethought with respect to security. So you, if you are going to introduce something into your home or into your office specifically, mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're working with the vendor who has put some time and energy into putting security into that device. So it, you know, you can't turn a, a smart speaker into a remote microphone and listen in to all the board of director meetings. You know, mm. it, it could be a challenge. Wow, I didn't think about that. You could turn a smart speaker into a listening device. There you go. And you know how to do that. <laughs> Plead the fifth. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm thinking. Did, did you ever send me any listening devices or <laughs> <laughs> that last box? So. Yeah. Oops. There we. There we go. That's yeah. That's well, so. With, with that end user, we have these tools called Alexa and Google Home, and you know she's having trouble connecting to the internet. Did you hear her? Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard that. Yeah. So, so how do these play into that security aspect? Well, they are at the very top of the list because these devices, they don't only listen when you send them commands, they're listening to every single thing that you are saying. So privacy concerns are you know, rampant with respect to these types of devices, especially in the workplace. So there are a lot of conversations where uh, the recommendation is don't bring these into the workplace yet because it Mm. it hasn't been flushed out of what information is being captured. If that information is being cataloged anywhere, could somebody potentially get unauthorized access to that information? It's, you know, there's all these great opportunities to use these devices potentially in the workplace, but it could come at a a cost. So you have to weigh that out and, uh, you know, evaluate the the risk first reward. Yeah. Attendee shared a story with me about how she caught a a crook, a robber uh, at their office. And she said that she had petty cash and there's an exorbitant amount of petty cash because of some fundraising and came in the next day and realized uh, some was missing and knew that she couldn't 
blow the whistle because she didn't have any evidence. She thought she knew who it was. So she went out and bought uh, a Nest camera. Okay, yeah. Put it on her bookshelf and then got the alert on her phone that somebody was, and she looked and there was the person that she thought. So she had them dead to rights. But I'm, I'm sitting there thinking through that. So basically, somebody could hack into that to watch her and watch The Office if, yeah, you're, you're not in your head. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There, there's been stories of crooks gaining unauthorized access to things such as baby monitors, uh, watching the home and learning the behaviors and activities, and they can figure out when the home is empty. And uh, go right in. So it, you know, obviously that that goes beyond the home. How do you? Is there a way to encrypt it or put some uh, security around these devices so they can't? Well, no, I guess they they're going in through your Wi-Fi system. Yeah, and it, it depends. I, the, a lot of these devices they hook up to your Wi-Fi, but the it, sometimes if the crook can just hack into your Wi-Fi they can then get access to all of the devices that are hanging off the Wi-Fi network. So that's where you need to make sure that the devices you're putting on the Wi-Fi network are segregated, isolated, and they require additional authentication. So just by virtue of being on the network, I could install the app and potentially gain access to it. You want to make sure it requires additional authentication, passwords or, or something. Okay, so on my on my system here, I've got a, a password required to get into, have access to it. You're saying there's probably a two-step verification process that I could install or it's there and, and activate. So if anybody got on the net, then they would... Yeah, absolutely. And, and you brought up another good point is that that multi-factor authentication or two-step authentication, a lot of devices, a lot of apps have that and nobody configures it because, you know, God forbid that extra 20 seconds to my day to log in is just way too inconvenient. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's... Uh... <laughs> I just thought of my son. <laughs> right, right. It's so you know if it's there, man. You got to set that up. Yeah. Well, I think I know what I'm going to do after after this call is over. Is to set that up. As we move forward, you know, we're talking about we're going to talk about artificial intelligence and how it. And did you talk about AI in your sessions? Um, it definitely came up as a topic. Wasn't the focus, but uh, yeah, you you can't avoid it today. Because I, I finally figured out what's going on. All of a sudden, all these websites have this, let's chat. And the person, yeah, and it's a, it's a chat bot, right? That's right. I, I, nine times out of 10, you're, you're talking to a robot. You're a robot. And someone told me that they didn't, I don't know if this is college or whatever, but basically the people thought they were actually talking to a person for sure. over a long period of time when in fact they were not. They were talking to artificial intelligence. Well, and I'll take it one step further. I, after you finish listening to uh, this podcast, go out and Google the latest Google Assistant that can make phone calls on your behalf and make reservations at restaurants or uh, for a, a hair appointment. And it's an actual voice. And the, the person on the other side has no idea it's a computer calling them. Shut the front door. It is amazing. Really? 
So I've got Google Home and I've got Alexa and I can have you know, put stuff on my calendar. So there's a step even higher than, than so, that. Right. So where they're going is you'll be able to say, hey, Alexa, um, give me you know a, a restaurant, uh, a nice Chinese restaurant in the neighborhood. Okay. Can you make reservations for Friday night for five? And then next wow. step is calling the restaurant and making that reservation. Oh, so the app calls the restaurant, makes the reservation. That's right. I make a reservation for. Yeah, can you? Can, <laughs> I, I, I want Bill Clinton's voice to be on mine. I make <laughs> reservations for Pete Margaritas and his family. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. <laughs> so, how, how do you bring that? How does that work in, in the workplace with, with, with that type of technology? Well, I think about uh, the administrative assistance role and the things that they do to coordinate meetings, to to uh, coordinate various travel, things like that. If you can have uh, a bot sitting on your PC, on your desk or whatever, that you can just ask, hey, I've got a trip coming up to Las Vegas in June, coordinate hotel, airfare and the such, and it'll just go do it based on your uh, preferences. And, and even if it has to make phone calls, it'll do it. And it'll actually... Make that reservation, air, airline reservation, and hotel reservation for you. But you obviously got to be specific with the parameters. Hey, absolutely. Or, hey, I, absolutely. Can it do? Can it work on Excel and create databases? I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> um, they, they've got bots that can do uh, programming and scripting. So uh, you, you know. And if I think about Grammarly, uh, I use a lot, and that's to that's technically a bot itself because it's it's grading your homework, grading what you're writing, and, and and providing suggestions and corrections. Absolutely, and in fact, the the latest version of Gmail will uh, make recommend replies. So you hit reply, and it'll actually pre-fill what uh, a suggested reply to that email. Interesting. I use G. I know a lot of businesses are using G Suite. Yep. And I'm just learning about G Suite and and, and trying to figure out how that's going to help me in the business. How does G Suite help a business in managing their contacts and their email and, and all all things assorted to that business? Well, uh, you know, G Suite is just kind of a, an alternative to the Microsoft platform. And okay. what what good the the beauty is that that Google innovated what was a very stale platform. Microsoft Office, uh, Outlook, email mm. was all very boring, very mundane. And Google, you know, kind of has taken it to the le- next level, introducing machine learning and artificial intelligence and all types of add-ins for mm. you know like Grammarly and Boomerang and these types of things. Microsoft. Uh, has now been forced to step up their game. So Microsoft Office 365 now has a lot of those features and functionality that G Suite provides. And they're they're working to go even beyond. They have the entire uh, Cortana cloud, which, which is their artificial intelligence uh, virtual assistant that they are now putting on top of Office 365 to give you all of those benefits staying inside that that Microsoft platform. Oh my God, my head's full. <laughs> because I run a, I run on a Mac, but I've got a Windows also on the Mac and I run 365 and, and trying to 
I, I, I've just kept my 365 to Word and Excel. And that's about the, the extent of it. But then I get all this, I get these emails from Microsoft and I'm reading them going, this is cool. I just don't understand it. And, and I, I got frustrated one day and made a comment to my son, who's now 18. And his reply back to me was, Dad, if you don't understand it, just Google it. The answer's out there. And I went, go away. You know, nobody likes a smart aleck, but he's right. And, and, and I think, of my generation uh, of the baby boomers, that's not the first thing that pops into our head. It, it's, it, you know, go find it. I need some help versus I can get the help. I just got to Google it and, and ask a bot and, and receive that information. And it's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty cool. I, you know, and you nailed it is I, I will never forget when my daughters, they were probably you know, five and seven, and uh, we're unpacking Christmas uh, decorations. And one of the decorations is a snow globe that had polar uh, Coca-Cola snow globe that had polar bears. And I, you know, my the, one of my daughters turned to me and said, "What in the world does a polar bear have to do with Coca-Cola?" And uh, it, you know, so I was like, "I don't know. Let's find out." So we we get on the Google. And do some research. And, uh, you know, we find an article in the Library of Congress that basically talks about the entire origin of the polar bear marketing campaign from Coca Cola. And, yeah, yeah. And so I like, I do all of this and then I kind of sit back and think about it. I said, you know what? When I was their age, I never would have thought to ask that question because there's no way in hell I ever would have gotten the answer to it. Right. So, but but they they know they've got the world at their fingertips. So it, it's it, why not? That's interesting. But yeah, I mean that's what they that's what they've grown up with. They, they didn't grow up with the Encyclopedia Britannica that sits on a shelf in your house. Or, or you know, I can't tell you the last time I looked in the encyclopedia. My my son's never looked in an encyclopedia, and it really is at our fingertips. Yep. So, what was one of the other hot topics that you that you were speaking about at Engage? Well, managing your business in the cloud it is huge. So, for for many years, we've been stuck installing QuickBooks and and Microsoft Office and all these apps to our local computers, dealing with like a, a Windows parallel on our Mac to try to work in in there. And the the future, which is is happening as we speak, is the the world of browser based applications. And uh, organizations are now adopting all of these browser-based applications. They're adding multiple logins to all of their staff. They've got data all over the place. And talking about how to gain control of that, that browser-based computing platform for your business and how to do it efficiently, effectively, and securely. Browser-based applications. And you were saying something about parallels and and Microsoft Mac on a browser based application, which well, it, in in the the world of browser based applications, you will eventually be able to throw away parallels, throw away running Windows on your Mac because everything will just run in your browser. You'll have access to, I mean, even your Office three sixty five, you can access all of that within your browser. And I'll tell you, you have 
the large majority of functionality that you have today with the locally installed um, Microsoft. Wow, because I'd never... So I can log into Microsoft under my password and pull up on a browser. Absolutely. Without having to go through parallels. That's right. And I guess I could have done that initially without even going through parallels is just sign up with Microsoft. So I don't even have to have Windows on my... Oh. That's right. The, the, the decision of the operating system is, is becoming irrelevant. Wow. Wow. And, and I can just see the, the benefits to that for businesses. Absolutely. Because they've always said, you know, Microsoft is the analytical aspect of the computer and the Mac has always been the creative side. Now, basically, instead of having being predominantly one side of that right or left brain, you can have both sides together. Man, that's got to unleash a lot of opportunity. Absolutely. You can uh, put your peanut butter with your jelly. <laughs> and put a banana with it there. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. So we're rapidly moving, transforming our businesses. Technology is becoming a lot smarter, a lot more helpful, but I, I feel like that we're still working twice as hard. <laughs> All this code for efficiency is really just squeezing more out of you. I, I have a feeling that that's, that's true because it just seems like it's a, we keep adding another layer, another layer, but it does make the work easier to accomplish. Uh, and I think it allows us to take on more work and we try to multitask, but that's a whole other issue. What were some of the questions that people were asking you during your sessions? Well, I, I mean, one of the big topics is password management, uh, even though we've been talking about it forever. Oh, God. <laughs> right? Um, so a, a lot of conversation of, you know, well, is, is this okay? What, what if I, you know, write it down in a, a hieroglyphics and I, I you know, um, so there's always a lot of questions about that. that, that that's a big discussion. Uh, and then I, a lot of discussion on the decision of what apps to begin using. Uh, it, it's, there's so much innovation going on. And this, uh, this fear of better options uh, in the sense of, it, you know, I've signed up for the, this application. I'm now using it to, you know, process all of our expense reporting. And now there's a new one that does that plus, <laughs> you know, it's like I, at some point you have to pull the trigger and say, I'm married to this cause. Um, so there's a lot of decisions. People having a hard time with that decision. And this, the platform I'm using right now, Zoom, has, I think, taken over what Skype had built at one point in time because you don't, the other person doesn't have to have an account. And the video uh, aspect of it is a lot cleaner and nicer than Skype's was. And it's very, very user friendly. Yes. Because we're having this conversation. You're in Maryland, I'm in Ohio. And, and I can even see this being brought. Because we, we used uh, Adobe Connect. I facilitated an eight-hour session for the Washington Society of CPAs at the, in Bellevue, Washington. Uh, of course, they, didn't have, they had enough participants, but not enough to cover the expenses of bringing me out there. So sure. I held a class, uh, and I could see them. They could interact with me. And that's, uh, I think, part of where learning is going to go is I'm still having the interaction. It's better than a webinar. It's one-sided. It, it, it creates that conversation. So, what's 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 your favorite app? 
<laughs> my favorite app. Um, I, I tell you, so about a year ago, I would have said Evernote. That's Evernote. I'm a huge, huge Evernote fan. Yeah, me too. And I, you know what, Microsoft. So I, I was a OneNote fan for years, and that just got boring and and very plain. So then I went to Evernote, fell in love with Evernote, and now I'm back to OneNote because uh, I, I have a touch screen and a stylus. I, I love to write on my screen, and OneNote. I can write my notes in there and keep it all organized. And if I get really crazy, it'll convert that to type text. So uh, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I am really crushing on Office 365 just because of everything they're doing there. I, I do agree with that. Chris Jenkins, who's the uh, South Carolina CEO of the, the uh, CPA Association, he was a big Mac guy. And then when, when he was here in Ohio, when he took this job in South Carolina, something goes, well, what's that? He goes, uh, that's a Surface Pro. What, what, he goes, Pete, 365 is blowing away a lot of stuff that, that uh, Apple was doing at the time. And what... What sold me was the fact of he showed us how when you're developing a presentation, however you do it, but you can go into Word and you could use the outline feature in Word, lay it out as an outline form, save it that way, go and open PowerPoint, and PowerPoint will bring your outline in, populate your slides, and you can start developing your slide deck at that point in time. Which I went, that was, holy cow, that was a winner, winner, chicken dinner. I've told a lot of people about that. And I, obviously, you got, you've got to smile. You're going, you know about that. They go, really? You can do that? I went, yeah, it, it does save time. Yeah, it doesn't save time if it's already developed. Yeah, so 365 is, is very powerful. I didn't know about OneNote, so I, I, I need to, to, to look into that because I'm, I'm, I love Evernote. And I tell you what, I'm amazed how many people don't have some type of note-taking app on their devices. Because at these conferences, you know, I, I'm talking about stories and, and developing stories, and, and they're, they're out there everywhere. And, and you can't commit it to memory because you'll forget about it. But all you got to do is take out your, app, your phone, your app, Evernote or whatever, just write a few words down so you can come back and revisit. Go, How many of you use Evernote? And they look like, what's that? I don't know. I don't I'm like, I can't. Is that a app ever crashed on me, I would lose so much information because that's my primary note-taking. Yeah. Now, sometimes I don't use it when a speaker's talking because I don't want them to think that I'm, I'm texting or playing Angry Birds or something. But, but at times, I've, prior to, I said, you're going to see me on my tablet here. I'm just taking notes. I'm not you know, doing anything else. I promise you that because I know how sensitive that can be that as a speaker, and when you see yeah. folks on their phone or on the tablet, it kind of throws you off a little bit because you, in your mind, for just that brief second, you go, "I wonder what the hell they're really doing." Right, and and that's one of the reasons why I moved to the the stylus with my uh, touch screen. I, I have a Lenovo Yoga, which I can flip back like a tablet, and now I can just handwrite. And that way, there, there's no question. I'm not doing Candy Crush. I'm I'm actually, <laughs> and, but. Uh, I've tried writing on my iPad or some of these note taking, and my my handwriting is bad enough, but it gets thousand percent worse <laughs> when I do that. And these styluses, I don't know, it's because my hand position and it's on the and I've never been able to master that, and I'd love to be able to. 
Yeah, you. I'll have to uh, next time we see each other. I'll have to give you a, a little uh, demo on my yoga because I, I tell you, I had the same challenge, but I, I feel like it is so darn close to actually being pen and paper. It does a nice job. Wow, that's yeah. I, I do need to update our class on that. Some some instruction from from the master. So, what app would you suggest, or what apps would you suggest CPAs? have a, a, the must-have apps for their business, whether in public or, or in industry or government or education? Oh, man. Well, it's, it's such a, a large span of apps that are out there. I, I mean, obviously, some form of online accounting, I, I think, it, you know, is definitely where you need to be. I mean, begrudgingly, QuickBooks Online is really coming around to, to be a, a solid product that it, you know a lot of people are using and there, there's just so many integrations in the marketplace that that um, are out there that it, it just gets the job done really well uh, you know after that I, I mean gosh uh, you put me on the spot here I mean I zoom is I in in my humble opinion uh, uh, wonderful especially for a remote workforce we we our business we have employees uh, in West Virginia in Reston Virginia I'm sitting here in Maryland and uh, to be able to jump on a zoom and have a face-to-face conversation with with staff is just a real game changer for um, managing staff meeting with potential clients I just I can't say enough about that and then uh, you know one of my favorites is uh, cam scanner. It's this little app for your phone that allows you to take pictures of paper and uh, convert it to PDF. So it's... And in fact, actually, now that I say that, I'm going to take it back because Office 365 now has an app called Office Lens that is far superior for taking pictures of uh, whiteboards, pieces of paper, and all, all the such, and turning it into a PDF or a JPEG or, or whatever you need it for. Wow, that's cool. I'm going to have to go check that out. But you said something about Zoom, and, and which, which takes me to another huge benefit of, of using Zoom. You can have a conference call on Zoom. You can see the individual, but whoever's running it can mute everybody. <laughs> Such an underutilized feature. It Absolutely. is. It is, and and they can control the person, the, the the person's microphone uh, at, at any time. And I'm, I told you, I'm the new uh, president of NSA uh, Ohio, and our conference calls are going to be our, our board meetings are going to be conducted on Zoom, and I have the controls, and I will. Uh, and they'll know. I'm going to say we're going to we're going to do this in some kind of order because when you get a bunch of speakers together and on a board, it's you can't get a word in edgewise, and, and it tends to go on for too long of a time. With Zoom, you don't you can control that. You can control people stepping over each other, and, and that's another reason why I, I, I love Zoom. And uh, like I told you, uh, we're I take my iPad to our chapter meetings. We just started this last year. And we're Zooming our chapter meetings out to our membership and others who want to participate if there's a reason they can't make it to the meeting that day. And it's 
you know, we're not we're not trying to get people to stay home. We want people to come. We still we still want that aspect, but it's when you can't, something's come up. You need to be home. You can still participate and still get that information. Yeah. Yep. I, absolutely. Yeah, I, I I love it, and you know, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize I could use it on an app. See, baby boomer mentality. I just thought I had to use it on my laptop or my desktop, and at the first couple of meetings, I was we were zooming off of a laptop until someone said, "You know, there's an app for that." <laughs> and technically, I could zoom the meeting off my cell phone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's. Yeah. I, I, I do that on a regular basis. Uh, if I'm out and about and need to attend a, a meeting with uh, staff, I, I just fire it up on the phone. Cool. That's. I mean, I and I, I can only imagine what it's going to look like five years from now. Wait for the the 3D hologram of Peter Margarita sitting right next to me. (laughs) Oh man, that would be scary enough. (laughs) You think a hologram would show up at at any time? I I I think I I think folks like yourself and and your business are so critical to CPAs these days because of the complexity of what goes on from an IT internet world versus, you know, and, and we've got enough as it is just trying to figure out you know, the regulations and compliance that we need. You're, you're, you and your company and your company's it's Network Alliance are, are critical to the success of, of the profession in a lot of ways. Well, hey, I, I really appreciate that. I mean, it, it's it is a uh, ever changing world, and you know we're we're trying to pivot and and stay up to date to make sure that we can keep bringing that value to uh, to uh, you know the industry and uh, keep everybody relevant. Yeah, and, and I can imagine as I think, well, you know, CPAs, we're always trying to stay current, and especially when the new tax law comes out, everybody want to get up to date with it, but in your world. Everything's getting updated almost on a daily basis to some degree. I don't know how you keep up with everything that's happening. I I, I don't feel like I do. It's uh, you know I I wonder what I'm missing. Yeah, and uh, you're probably not missing anything. It's just the, the amount of volume that's coming out. But I I I would rest assured that anything big and major, you're all over it. Well, let me just put it this way. Anybody can do five sessions at Engage and want to be asked to do five. And then to do that, you've got a breadth and depth of knowledge associated with the subject. You've got the name in the profession. You get, you're recognized at the ACPA level. You'll have it covered. You got it covered. You got it. You got it covered, my friend. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm glad we disabled the video because I I'm cherry red blushing right now. I I, I appreciate those kind words. Uh, you're, you're more than welcome, and, and uh, I will you know in, in the show notes we'll put your information. How people can contact? How can people contact you? Oh, there, there's a number of ways. I, I mean, obviously, the, the Twitter, uh, the LinkedIn um, are, are great ways to uh, get a hold of me. In fact, I just recently connected with a, a firm in Alaska via Twitter, which was kind of fun. And, and then, you know, I obviously, good old email, uh, bpatrick at networkalliance.com. Lo- love to uh, hear from you there. And uh, if you so desire to pick up a phone um, <laughs> and, and 
you're above the age of 35, you can uh, you know <laughs> call me at uh, 703-715-4948. I hope your phone blows up now that you gave everybody your phone number. That is great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I, I greatly appreciate you taking time. I, I always enjoy our conversations. The, 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 the problem that we have is we live too far apart. Um, hopefully our paths cross sooner than later. Absolutely. And, and, and I look forward to future conversations. Uh, thanks, Peter. I definitely look forward to it. And uh, speaking of looking forward to, I cannot wait to get my hands on that new book of yours. Oh, thank you very much for the plug. Yes, by the time this goes out, the new book will be live on Amazon. And the name of it is Taking the Numb Out of Numbers. <laughs> I, I appreciate the call out. And yes, you, 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 you will be receiving a signed copy from me. Oh, I can't wait to put it on my shelf. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> thank you. I want to thank Byron for filling our heads with a lot of IT information that hopefully we will be able to apply in our businesses. Thank you, Byron. In episode 10, my guest is Rebecca Brown, who's the development director at the Maryland Association of CPAs. Thank you for listening and begin the process of changing your mindset and getting out of your comfort zone and develop new skill sets to become more future ready. Your call to action is to ask yourself if you can do more to have a greater impact on your career and in your community. Remember, A part of being future ready is being an improviser. So yes and, I'm out. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.